All right, everybody, welcome back. Today's episode was a gift. It was a gem. I had the absolute pleasure of talking with Samantha Gladish, and the undertone of the entire episode was about alignment, dealing with imposter syndrome, finding confidence, understanding and having the tools and the questions and the things required to explore potential ideas for shifts in your business or shifts in your life or to help find clarity. And this episode was a gift. It was like my own therapy coach. We were talking back and forth and it was extremely powerful. And my team said the same thing listening to it. And so I can't wait to have Samantha back for an episode again to follow up to this one. But this episode is incredible. So I'm going to stop talking now because I do enough of it in the episode. So without further ado, let's cue that intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good. Because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George show. And I am stoked because I just made a new like Insta BFF and we did this all before I hit record. And the podcast would probably be better if I hit record for some of these moments. But I have her like beautiful intro in front of me, but you know I never read those things. So here's my read in the first 10 minutes of connecting with this incredible woman. She's heart-centered, she's grounded, she gets it, she cares about truly helping entrepreneurs, primarily women, but can help the men as well, really step into their power, embody what's possible, and live a life by design to achieve it without allowing the transactional world of the internet and all the things to get in the way so that we can have more of our gift and more of our mission. And she does it with a smile on her face, really giving, really caring, committed to the work, leader of the work, and a walking example of the work. And then I'll tell you about all of our websites and stuff later. So Sam, officially welcome to the show. That was the greatest intro ever. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm I'm honored to have you. I am stoked. And I uh, I think it's funny that right before we hit record, you're like, I was like, I was the civilized caveman. You're like, that's it. And I was like, yes, yes, that is, that is, that is me. There is lots of me on the internet as a caveman guy. Small world. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah, I. Oh man, I know, I know. I'm proud. I'm proud of it now. But it, it's funny to me the amount of times like this comes up. I get it all the time now because I'm so far removed from that world and in a different ecosystem. Sure. But like, yep. I just gave a keynote in Salt Lake to like a thousand people, and like at least five or six people, they're like, "Dude, this is so weird." Like the talk was great, but I can't pin it. Like, how do I know you? How do I know you? And then one, <laughs> yeah. one, one dude, his wife was standing right next to him. She's like banana bread. That's how I know you. You're, and I was like, oh, yep. Here's the famous banana bread again. So that's how we get here in life. So yeah, it's a, that it's a so funny, wild. funny I love story. It. Well, well you've lived many lives. I have. And speaking mm-hmm. of stories, uh, yes. I am assuming that you are at this point in your career and life and having like one of the, a podcast in the top 4% and doing what you're doing because you have a story. And you have something that led you to this holistic wellness and full embodiment that probably wasn't all rainbows and unicorns and roses. And so I think for context, Sam, what would be helpful is if we could kind of to paint the picture for everybody of kind of like where you came from, what got you started in entrepreneurship, what led you to where you are now, and then kind of set the context of where we are now so we can start uh, 
extracting some value and nuggets out of your genius. Totally. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to share. And I'm always like, how far should I actually take this back? But I, when I was a little girl, <laughs> I, I was always innately connected to food and nutrition. Okay. Like I spent so much time in my grandparents' garden and so lucky to grow up in a household where my mother made everything from scratch and just always around food. So it was a really natural for me to be in the food world, in the nutrition world. So I, I actually went to university, University of Toronto. I initially thought I was going to be a teacher. And partway through my schooling, I was like, oh my God, this is just not for me. This is not what I'm excited by. If you wanted to find me, you would find me in the in the university gym. And, you know, like I just, that schooling was just not for me. And I was mm. not led up to, to be a teacher. And so graduated. And then I went on to study holistic nutrition. And I'll never forget being in the business class and the teacher saying, do you know that you could charge $75 an hour for your services? And I was like, oh my God. I'm like sitting off in the corner, taking notes, so excited. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make so much money doing exactly what I love to do. Like mm -hmm. this is amazing. I get to tell people what to eat and make $75 an hour. And so, and this is going back just over 15 years ago. Okay. So graduate from school and then I'm like, well, where are the clients? <laughs> no, no one came, <laughs> no one came, <laughs> no one came banging down my door. And so I did what most everyone else does, put up a website, get yep. business cards. Kevin Costner lied to you as well. If you build, <laughs> if you build it, they don't come, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> It's very true. <laughs> and um, yeah, still no clients, right? No. So I basically went into the health and wellness space uh, to work. I went to I – worked, I worked in health food stores, managed health food stores. From there, went on to become a sales rep selling supplements. And it was an amazing experience because I got to connect with so many people and build mm -hmm. amazing relationships. I worked in – you know, I worked in this health food store for so many years and in these four walls, but I also got to connect with so many great people and companies and got all this training on product. And it was really awesome. And then when I got to be a sales rep and I was on the road a lot, I had a really big on uh, a really big territory across Southwest Ontario. Mm -hmm. And so I got to go to all these health food stores and a lot of mom and pop shops. And like, it was just really fun. However, I was still being micromanaged, working for a company mm -hmm. and, oh, you're just $5 off from your target. I guess you won't hit your bonus, you know? And it's just like, just feeling really stuck and restricted. And so I started to dive into the world of online marketing and just learning really how to market myself in business. And so I started to really dive into that and go to different networking events. And I literally purchased every single program and course online that I could about email marketing and sales and Facebook ads and everything. And I just really fully dove right into it. And then I ended up getting fired from my job. And it was a blessing in disguise. The universe mm -hmm. did for me what I couldn't do for myself because I wanted to quit, but I was so hesitant and uncertain about what would lie ahead for me. And so the universe did for me what I couldn't do for myself. And then there was no plan B. I dove right in, started building 
a nutrition coaching business. And I did that for many years. And I still have that business. It looks a little bit different now than when it did, you know, eight, nine years ago. And over the years, I had a lot of practitioners and coaches reaching out and saying, how are you doing this? How are you getting clients? <laughs> and so I, I started to offer support to them and then created a business mentorship program and really just pulling back the curtains and helping other practitioners and wellness coaches grow and scale their online businesses. I love it. I love it. Now I'm going to, I want to unpack one of these things. Uh, I'll yeah. take, I'll take it deeper because with the level of speed, ease, and grace, you just so gently tiptoed over that the ships were burnt <laughs> and I lost my job and it was a blessing yep. in disguise. I, I mean, I yep. know, I, I bet you, Sam, if I closed my eyes and I was like, let me, let me, let me like put myself in Sam's shoes in that moment when she got the phone call. I know when you got the call or you got the text, the email, you're like, oh yeah, this was the best thing that ever happened. This is going to be great. And it's so easy. I, I, have a, I have a feeling that that's not what it was like. Actually, or here's what happened. Yeah, yeah. Tell, me, tell me. So I had this intuitive hit about three weeks before I got fired that something was shifting. Like mm. I had actually said to my husband, I think I'm going to quit is what I actually said to him. And then and this was three weeks prior to getting fired. And so I woke up this one morning and I was like, this was the day that I had said I'm going to quit. And I woke up and I was like, something's not right. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to wait. And then a few weeks go by and my boss calls and he wants to meet and, you know, and I get off that call and I said to my husband, oh my God, he's flying in to fire me. And yep. he's like, what? Yep. And I'm like, no, he's flying in to fire me. Like, I know it. It's, it's happening. And he was like, you know, you're just overthinking this. And so- Sure enough, I go to meet him at this hotel, he, this conference room. He opens the door and I look at him and I'm like, are you firing me today? It's the first thing I said to him and he just kind of put his head down. Yep. And I was like, Damien, it's okay. I was actually going to quit three weeks ago and I didn't. And this is okay. You're actually giving me the nudge to go do what I really mm. want to do. So I was like, let's get this over. It. Let, let me sign the papers. Let's do this. And I literally called my husband right after and I was like, I got fired. Let's go out and celebrate. I love it. That is actually what happened. Well, I think what actually happened is you didn't get fired. Uh, you quit and the universe just helped you speed up the process. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually, totally. I, I actually have a question about this. We're going we're gonna to go a little woo-woo, a little intuitive right now because, you know, I feel like in life, like I get hit with moments all the time. I get hit with moments of intuition. I get hit with moments of inspiration. And, and I think it took me about 20 years to realize how to even process those things or what required action or what was just totally. a feeling or something was temporary. Um, but I would actually kind of love your your thoughts on this because you're, you're somebody who who operates in alignment and you help women, you know, in the health coaching field and, and of course men as well, but like really come into alignment and to know how to have a relationship with themselves and, and know when to explore those thoughts and feelings and really get in the driver's seat, right? Because what you had is that you might not have had the plan, you might not have had clarity, but you had your intention and the confidence that like, okay, I'm going to make this work. And I feel like a lot of times when we get those intuitive hits, if we have those ducks in a row, it makes mm -hmm. it kind of really, really easy, but it's when we don't. Like, how do you process that? Like, how did you know what was real? Like, how did you start to like, even give it the space per se, 
to explore it rather than being like, oh, it's a knee jerk or it's a here, right? Because because I feel like my belief is that, you know, we're surrounded by triggers. Like we live in a world that commoditizes our attention and, and that attention, a byproduct okay. of it being commoditized is that a lot of times we have thoughts and feelings that we think are ours that aren't necessarily ours because we haven't had the space or the time to sit with them or to explore them. And so I would kind of love to hear like what your thoughts are around that or like how you process that or like how you have a relationship with that to make sure you're in alignment. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of nudges okay. that I get and I, I think what happens is in, you know, in my experience, when I'm too busy and too distracted, I can't pay attention to those nudges. Mm -hmm. And so I've just really learned that in order to connect to that intuition and to follow those nudges, like I need to get quiet. I need that time for myself. I need that time where I'm just committed to me and my personal growth. And mm -hmm. that personal growth is going to look different for everybody, right? Personal growth can be taking in information and that's part of it. But also I think personal growth is actually like sitting with discomfort and working, you know, through that on your own. So it's a, it's a combination of all of that. And I don't even know if I'm fully answering. The oh, question, you are. But... I'm, okay. I'm okay. going to be honest. I led you on purpose because I make everybody <laughs> that listens to this. I like require them to have a stillness practice every day or mm. a, uh, I, I call it a boredom practice, but it's practicing the muscle of being in a relationship with yourself with no agenda, totally. right? To, to sit yep. with, So um, I didn't know that that's where you were going to go, but the moment you did, I started <laughs> gloating over here. And if I had a soundboard next to me, all I would have just said was like, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> listen to it from Sam because she guides it. But no, that that is really helpful. Now, I have a question about that as well because like you, you've you gone from you know a point in your life where you were so excited to trade $75 in exchange for telling somebody what to eat, right? To then yep. working in this incredible experience where you got to almost see the value of relationships in this container that you wanted to operate in, in this health container. But then realize that you were basically using your time and energy to build somebody else's vision and you were executing it for them to now you jump in and you go from all of that and you go from that to building a multi six figure business in that lens around focusing on what matters and, and focusing on kind of what moves the needle. And so in that now as an important part of your day, knowing like and what you said is so powerful, like learning how to exist with your feelings without them being your identity, learning how to know when it's time to take action on something, knowing how to sit and be with yourself. And so in that, do you find now that where you are in your business or in your life, and, and I would say now probably in a place of ease and maybe wanting to grow and maybe wanting to scale, but but relatively content, aligned in where you are, do you keep a practice around that like proactively? Like, do you have a daily practice? Do you have a weekly practice? Do you have a monthly practice where you intentionally by design create that container to allow that to happen? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. I kind of call it my well-being checklist. Okay. I and love it. it can exist in terms of well-being things I need to do in the day or, or for the course, course of the week or the month. But I kind of break it down in all three. So for example, over the course of a month, 
There are breathwork classes I go to. I pay for those in advance. They're in my calendar. Like I'm committed to going to that. You know, over the course of the week, um, it might be things like working out. And then this can also kind of be like over the course of the day, but working out four times a week. I know if I hit that number, that's where I feel like I'm a rock star. Yep. You know, it's also organizing time for play and for joy and for fun. So my weekends, I do not work. It's just that's a non-negotiable. I have boundaries around that. I'm available Monday through Friday, sometimes Friday, but definitely the weekends are time to go out. What? Where can we go? Can we go for dinner? Can we explore connecting with my partner, right? Time mm. for each other. And then in the course of the day is just like, what do I need in this day to feel, to feel aligned? Being outside, taking the dog for a walk, being in nature, eating really good food, cooking my food. And maybe that doesn't happen every day, but mm-hmm. I've also noticed over time that if too if too much time goes on where I haven't been in the kitchen being creative with food or cooking or baking, I start to get this like just this discomfort. It's like I got to get in there. It's just a way for me to express my creativity. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of it varies in terms of what what I might do in the month or the week, but overall, there's those foundational elements that I know I need to come back to of like. Being with my food, touching my food, being with nature, being with my partner, being with my animals, and then alone time in terms of connecting with myself. Is that a breathwork class? What what am I doing for myself? Also time with girlfriends and friends and family. So that's kind of what it looks like for yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you a deeper question. Um, I just noticed even when you were answering this, there was something that you called out like three or four times. And I kind of want to hear like your reasoning because it's really powerful. But when you said like, you're basically talking about like your minimum requirements for a week or a month, right? And you're like four times a week. That's the evidence that I need to have to know that I'm a rock star, that I'm crushing, right? And then you Mm -hmm. said it again when you're like, oh, because when I'm touching my food, it's allowing me to be in my power and have that outlet and boom, boom, boom. And so it's something that you intentionally called out quite a few times. So is that something that you do by default now, knowing that like that leads confidence for you? That like, what is that? Yeah, go into that. Like, I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's kind of that thing. Like, you never know what you have until it's gone. Yeah. Right. So it was very easy in those beginning stages of business, as it is for most people, to just put your head down. You're doing the work, and you can neglect yourself. Yeah. And so I had to find my way back to that, and. It was over time realizing, okay, wait, I feel really good. What did I do differently that allowed me to feel really good and to show up really powerfully and lead this class today? Like, what did that look like? And so it was almost like over time collecting data. And this data finally was adding up to this bigger equation of my my wellness, my well-being. And so that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of how I came to that conclusion. Well, and and I love what you said. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to add something because you said it, this, this obsession or this, this, this focus on collecting data. Um, but uh, in even hearing you talk about it, you weren't collecting data, you were organizing it, but then you intentionally explored it, right? You're like, right. oh, this yeah. worked. I'm going to keep doing this. This didn't work. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to keep doing this or not do that. Right. And, and I, and I, and I feel like the question I want to ask around this too, is that like, when you speak about this, you speak very confidently about it, right? There's not fear. There's not anything. And I feel like that's because of your willingness to, to kind of audit that and analyze consistently kind of where you are. Right. And I know there's a topic that I've actually been really, really excited to talk to you about. And it's only been talked about on this podcast once really in, in full length, mm-hmm. which, is, which is imposter syndrome. And mm-hmm. I know for me, um, that is something that was a very big part of my life, no matter how much external success I had, right? No matter what finish totally. line I hit, no matter what goal, whether it was the number one app in the world, New York Times bestseller, the only thing that I found that it did was that it actually amplified and exacerbated my imposter syndrome because I was lacking that relationship with myself underneath it. Mm-hmm. And, totally. you know, and when I read your bio and I went and stalked you online, like you, you talk about it so easy. You're like, Oh, and how I scaled to six figures so simply with this simple model and how I, <laughs> you know, eradicate imposter syndrome and, and do blank, blank, blank. But, you know, I feel like even in today's day and age, I'm almost 40 years old. I, I own a lot of companies. I have a lot of success and it's not something that I, I, that comes up often, but I have intentional practices in my day to help me mitigate it and pre-handle it before it comes, but it still comes. And then totally. I feel like one of the challenges in entrepreneurship and, and in life in general, but in this bucket is that these things happen and these things exist, but everybody's afraid to talk about them and normalize mm-hmm. them and realize that totally. we're no different. And I, I appreciate you being so open about it and so transparent, but I would, I would love to kind of hear your thoughts on imposter syndrome. Like where's that show up? Like knowing it's going to be there, especially in the early stages of like, I'm starting this business. I've, I've never had a client. I've never, you know, done boom. Like how do you start to handle that or mitigate that or think about that? Like I'd kind of love the Sam masterclass and imposter syndrome. <laughs> Absolutely. So when I think about imposter syndrome at the core of that, I basically think of fear mm-hmm. and what I know for myself is that, and you mentioned it there about like personal growth and building this relationship with yourself, was that as I worked on myself and built that relationship, the fear went from showing up every single day to showing up a few times a week, to showing up for a few hours, to showing up for a few minutes, to showing up for a few seconds. Mm-hmm. And it was because doing that inner work. So I definitely think that's an important piece of the imposter syndrome is that we're looking for so much external answers and we're stuck in the external world mm-hmm. of building my business, scaling money, revenue, lead gen, da, 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 all of these things. But what's the internal terrain look like? So that's important to build because I think it's really easy in this online space and just in terms of entrepreneurship overall, it's really easy to get caught up on all the external and then you neglect the internal and they really go hand in hand. And so that's what I would say there. But then there's also this piece of, you know, when you're first starting out, of course, imposter syndrome is going to show up because you're doing something that is so new. And when you're in this new territory, there's so much doubt and uncertainty. And so, and the, and the thing is, the, the way to overcome this is, well, you have to just do it. <laughs> and I hate saying that, but we can't sit back and think our way through these things. 
we actually have to show up and take imperfect, uncomfortable action. And it might look really messy. And it's through that action that we're going to find answers. And then mm-hmm. once we find those answers, that's what actually builds our confidence. Yeah. And, so and you have to. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I want to I want to stop yeah. before you go any further because I want you to say it again. Say it again and don't say it with any pre-qualification. Just say it because it's important. You have to take action. You have to take action. Action. You have to. You and cannot. Yeah, you, you and, and to. I want to say this because it's so important. And I, I want to unpack this with you, Sam, because even how you talk about it is so powerful, right? So what I heard you saying is that like step one is there has to be this willingness or this desire to do some inner work, right? So totally. I think step one is an awareness that ourself, our body, our human experience, our relationship, our, our whatever with ourselves is, is actually not controlled by the world around us. We are not our work. We are not our business. We are not the results that we create. Correct. And I think that yeah. that's step one is this willingness to say, okay, cool. If I'm going to complain about this, if I'm going to say this is a challenge, if I'm going to say this is a problem, if I'm going to say I don't like this, then I also have to have self-integrity that if I'm willing to complain about it, I'm also willing to do something about it or no longer complain. And so this willingness to do the inner work. Now, to answer the question about inner work, I'm going to summarize for both of us, Sam, and I don't think you'll mind. Uh, Inner work could be a multitude of millions of tools or millions of modalities. The secret here is picking one and choosing to start using it, whether it is a self-journaling practice, whether it is a breathwork mm-hmm. practice, whether it's a walk alone in nature, whether it's driving in your car in silence instead of music, it's it's any step in the direction of self-exploration. Totally. Fair to say. Great. So yeah. that foundational part. Now, this is what I love so much. And one of your things is like, how do you get there? It's by taking imperfect action. And there is so much power in this statement. And I'm going to let you expand on this because what I have found for myself is that all the clarity that I was ever looking for by ruminating on why could not be found until I took an action. Totally. And so even the seeking of the information was destined to fail by default because I needed real world iteration to know. And so let's talk about this imperfect action because I love this. So you, you reference, you know, it gets messy. You reference like it can be here. You reference, you know, all these things. And I agree with all of them. And so how does one even begin to think about like, what is an imperfect action? Where do I go? Like, how do I know it's the right one, Sam? Well, what happens if mm-hmm. boom and, you know, boom, boom, boom. So let's start there because I think this is huge. Yeah. So I can totally use examples just from you know, the students and the clients that I work with. I love it. What I see, what I see often is it's a lot of the similar questions is like, I don't have a niche, so I can't start. I don't have a website, so I can't start. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I did this launch and it didn't work. So what's the next step, you know, and really they're all the same question. It's just, you don't know, You (laughs) you don't know. So the only way you're going to know is is by doing. And the thing is, you don't even – I can't tell you exactly what that doing is going to look like. I can give you some direction and some guidance, but ultimately, you're going to have to show up and do it. And you're going to be – you know, I see it all the time. Do I Do I build my email list or should I just go over here and post on social media? 
right? And like people just get really stuck between all of the things to do and I'm kind of getting off track here, but ultimately I think that you just have to do anything, like literally anything. It's just one step in one direction. What are you feeling pulled to do? Are you feeling pulled to go do that post on social media? Go do the post. Are you feeling called to go email your list? Like just showing up and serving is what's really going to help you kind of get out of your way. Yep. I also think it's really important to ask for support and ask for feedback because in these in these like when we're feeling stuck like I don't know I I don't know where to start cuz I don't have a niche. Uh I don't know where to start cuz I don't have a website. Uh my launch failed so you know what do I do? I feel like a lot of us because we don't have the answers, we mm-hmm. feel like it's like, should we reach out and ask for support? You know, I don't really know the answer. So how am I going to look if I reach out and ask you for support? Because I, I don't have my shit together. So what yeah. are you going to think of me? And it's like, that's the time and that's the opportunity to start reaching out and getting that support and getting coaching and like putting it all out on the table and being like, yeah, this is where I'm stuck. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what to do. And like being open and being coachable and Right. And just being receptive to that advice and that feedback. So, because yeah. I often find what happens is I will have students that will go and do the thing, they do the webinar, they do whatever it is, and then something happens and then they ghost and they're mm-hmm. just, they disappear. And it's like, this is where the real work actually begins. Yes. You see it as a failure, but it's actually feedback and it's now the opportunity for you to dive in deeper, to go refine it and learn what worked and learn what didn't so that we can move forward. Because most people are, I always say this to my students, like we're not here to do emotional business. Mm-hmm. And we let our emotions drive our business. So it's like, oh, one day I'm happy, so I'll show up and do the work. The next day I'm sad, so I'm not going to do the work. And then, oh, my launch failed, so this sucks and I suck and no one's going to buy from me, so I'm not going to do the work. Yeah. And it's like, that's not business. No. Yeah. You're letting your emotions drive you forward. And that is such an, an unreliable way yeah. to grow your business. And I yeah. want to, I want to, I want to summarize that because uh, I agree with everything. And to to clean it up for everybody listening, emotions belong in business, but not in the driver's seat of your business. Totally. You have to have a relationship with them. They have to be in the car, right? They can be in the passenger seat. They can be in the back seat. One hundred percent. The game is understanding when they try to take over and jump in the driver's seat and having a pause or ability to not allow them to, to acknowledge them, to know that the check engine light's on or, hey, this is coming up, but to not allow them to change the actions that you take. And so I want to summarize some of the stuff that you said, Sam, because I, I love this. And so in summarizing what I said earlier, step number one is having an awareness, right? That mm-hmm. something in your life is not working or is not ideal or you want it to be different, right? Step number two would then having a unattached curiosity and by unattached i mean no fault no blame no guilt mm-hmm. and no shame totally. around your current state to know yeah. accurately where you are and to summarize this down and uh, i want to give sam credit because i have found that all the most powerful breakthroughs that i've had in my life the ones that have moved the needle the most to my relationship and my finances that happen every day they are the ones that are simple, not easy. 
it's not complicated. It's not there. It's consistency right. over time. And so, yep. you know, it, it, it's about how they're, they're simple. And so then when you have the willingness to get into this, then what we talked about, Sam, was, was taking an imperfect action, not allowing rumination or stagnation to be the place that we're collecting our evidence from. And totally. so I'm going to give an answer to everybody on what this looks like for me personally, just if it will inspire you or to think about anything differently. And so on this podcast, Sam, I've, I've taught everybody a model that I have in my life. It's called my SOS model, right? And so my SOS model means that I have my daily commitments in my four buckets in my life, my, my mind, my body, my being, and my business, right? And I have my minimum commitments every day, which I call my floor, yep. and my maximum yep. commitments, what I call my ceiling. And my SOS exists so that if I know that that's where I get to spend my time today and knowing that I'm committed to my vision, regardless of how I feel, because commitment is not yep. feelings, that at any point in my day or any point in my life where I'm having that moment of what should I do now or where should I go, my first place I check is what are my daily commitments. And if those mm -hmm. are not in completion, then I execute those. But there's a point where all of us get triggered. That's the human experience, right, is totally. to pay attention to our check engine light. But there are plenty of times that I get triggered that I feel impossible to take an action. It feels overwhelming. And so the SOS comes in. And, and how I break this down, Sam, is that there's the inner tools, the inner circle, and the outer circle. So the inner tools are anything that you have in your disposal that you can do by yourself as a pattern interrupter reset. So breath work, dancing, yelling, walking, nature, mm. uh, mm -hmm. rolling, laughing, reading a book, working out, kissing your wife, yeah. like anything that you have in your power Totally. to pattern interrupt the rumination, to allow you a perspective to then choose where you come in. If the inner tools don't work, then you move to your inner circle. The inner circle, the top nine in your iPhone, people that have been briefed about your goals and your vision that have one rule that when you ask for support, it's no story, only feelings, and they're to remind you of what you're committed to. And then the outer circle is anybody like an attorney or a tax professional for these one-off things. And so right. for everybody listening, when we talk about taking imperfect action, and Sam, please correct me when I'm done if I'm, I'm missing anything. Um, what that boils down to is that the moment you recognize that you're ruminating or that you're overwhelmed or that you feel lost, you also must recognize that that energy executed anywhere is not going to create a different result. And the first thing that you need is space. And Sam and I have talked probably a hundred times already about the relationship with self. And so the foundational piece of knowing something isn't working and then the second part of being willing to look at what's not working, working totally. means that when your check engine light comes on, I feel lost. My launch didn't work. I didn't know what I was doing. I don't know what email to write. Mm -hmm. That in that moment, that is the universe. That is yourself. That is your business saying, hey, in this moment, you're not going to do any action, but you need to dive into yourself. And in that self, it could be just five minutes of going for a walk and asking yourself a question. Okay, what's coming up? What am I feeling? Okay, cool. Totally. What did I say I wanted in one of these areas of my life that is important to me, whether it's my business, whether it's myself, whether it's my relationship, whether it's my team? And then knowing that's what I want, what's one action that I can take that I feel like I have the capacity to take that I feel like I can commit to taking while acknowledging my feelings, that's going to get me back into action and then basically earn my momentum again. So when I get hit with totally. those moments, I then look at my day, I look at my goals, I look at what's important to me and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling like an imposter. But yet I said, 
that what was important to me was adding value to somebody's life every day. And I have not responded to any of those 68 DMs that are waiting for me. (laughs) Okay, cool. Right. Can I handle those DMs? Yes. Let me do my walk and then I'll handle the DMs. And then I come handle the DMs and all of a sudden I'm back in momentum and everything is lifted and everything is there. And so what's important when taking the imperfect action is not doing it out of reaction. It's allowing the reaction that you're having in your body to be your check engine light and your reminder to refresh your perspective, to allow yourself the grace and the space. And that might mean at times you not having the capacity to do anything else except pour into your own bucket more. But in that place, you're aware and you're in the driver's seat and you can make that intentional action. And in combat, when we teach combat and combat ops and we train so much, the reason we train so much and the reason we condition so much is that no matter what, by default, we are going to lose control of the world around us. That is the experience of combat. But if I allow that to be my story, then I do nothing and I die. And so we are trained and thought and taught to shrink our world as small as possible to the first thing that we can control and then take that action. And I think that's how I would define imperfect action. Did I miss anything? No, I think that that's, that that's beautiful. And I, you know, I'll add to that by saying that I think often what really holds us back from even just taking that action is often we're not showing up to do something because there's an emotion we're trying to avoid. Yep. Right. And showing up to do the video, to do the reel, to whatever it might be, we're avoiding the feeling of not good enough, yep. of you know people questioning me, doubting, overthinking, people please like there's all sorts of emotions that show up, and so we this is why oftentimes we we procrastinate. We're just yep. procrastinating because we're avoiding the feelings. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then deeply rooted, that was my fear of success, not my fear of failure. I find most entrepreneurs don't have a fear of failure. Right. They have a yeah. they have a um a misviewed fear of success that's called a fear of failure because for sure those feelings that scare us those those feelings and those fears that we have pick your pick your higher power whether you call it God spirit universe source intuition or even your greatest self or I'm in a simulation there's some snot nosed seven year old kid that's making me this character and I'm upset at him for his choices. Um, right. But, but either way, that even made me lose my train of thought, visualizing <laughs> that happening. And I'm like envisioning a kid eating like flaming hot Cheetos and be like, I'm going to make this dude do this today. And that's what it feels like in my life sometimes. And then I laugh at totally. the cosmic joke. Um, totally. <laughs> and I lost that train. So I'll go to the other one. That it's, I, all, it's all good. It, the other one that I had, though, was, was underneath that um, in this kind of imperfect action in this imposter syndrome, in this even understanding and navigating the experience of being a human, but the experience of being an entrepreneur that like it's ups and downs every day. It's a lot of things that are out of our control. And I feel like one of the greatest eradicators of my imposter syndrome and of my doubt was Mm self-confidence. But here's what I understood. And I would love your thoughts on this. I didn't really know what confidence was 
And I thought that like I would have this evidence and I would just wake up feeling great and I would just be on fire and I'm like, like eat the world right. for breakfast and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and now in reflection, what I have found is that confidence for me is just an integrous picture of clarity of my current state. Totally. It's not, this is working, this isn't working. It's not, I'm really great here and really bad here. It's, oh, this is an accurate view of where I am right now, integrously. And earlier when you talked about like asking for help, I realized that most of the times I was afraid to ask for help was simply because I would call and be like, Sam, will you help me? And I was afraid to find the clarity of the things that I needed help on. So instead I would call under the guise of needing help, but then almost force the extraction of it on you, which makes it impossible to help. But instead I'm like, Hey Sam, I'm really feeling stuck here. I have this going on, this going on. I've thought about this, but I feel overwhelmed and lost. Can you help me unpack this? That's a very Mm -hmm. different conversation because it's an integrous, self-integrous accurate picture, which eliminates the shame and the fault and the guilt and all the stories that I made up. And so for me, I have found over the years that I've, I've had to redefine what that word means to me because typically I'm just not having confidence because I'm not allowing myself to look in the right places to collect that evidence. And I'm just choosing to ignore the defense and I'm like amplifying the prosecutor over here. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've that that's that. just, that's been a big, big, big part for me because, you know, you talk about, you know, eradicating imposter syndrome, which is taking imperfect action, which will allow you the information to make that decision. Um, but totally. I think it was just an important note for me. And I don't know why it felt important, but I realized that a couple of weeks ago. And, and, and I realized that there were years of my life, like hard moments of my life to where, I would just sit there and wait. I'm like, no, no, I'll get confident. I'll do it eventually. I'll do whatever. But it was actually what was missing was my willingness to explore on my own without you telling me or my wife telling me or my friend telling me or my coach telling me, but me choosing to find that awareness of my current state, which then allowed me to feel in driver's seat and in control to then take an action. So that was just something I noticed. I love that. And you know, I'm also thinking in regards to imposter syndrome, I think often what happens too is that we, number one, we are so distracted by what everybody else is doing and we take on their goals or how they're doing things and we make them our own. So then when we move forward to try and grow our business or whatever it is, we there's something that feels out of alignment. Yep. We don't really recognize yep. what that out of alignment is. We think it's us, like something's wrong with me, but it's actually, have you really sat to question if the goals that you're going after are truly your own? Yes. Right? And then the other part to that is that I often think so many of us are just trying to function like out of our zone of genius. Yep. So again, this comes down to you see so-and-so over here doing this thing. So you think that's what you need to do. So you move forward to do it, but that's actually not your zone of genius. So now you're not getting the results for your clients or it's just, it's, it all seems really sticky and it's not going the way that you hoped. So again, you doubt yourself. You're not good enough. I'm an imposter. I can't do this. And it's like, no, because actually you're trying to do what so-and-so is doing over here. But 
what's your zone of genius? Like if you got on a call to coach somebody, what's the thing that you could talk about all day long? Like what, what does that look like for you? So I think, you know, I see that a lot in the health and wellness space, working with so many practitioners is like, oh, well, I need to do functional testing and I need to offer this program and I don't have this degree and I should go back to school to study this. And then when I know more, I'll, I'll be more confident and, and then it'll all be okay. And it's like, actually, no, you already know enough. You're mm-hmm. just like, focus on that mm-hmm. first versus like jumping 20 steps ahead. Yep. And then that's, again, where the, that's how a lot of the imposter syndrome shows up because we're functioning outside of our zone yep. of genius. Yep. A th- we're trying, a, to, we're a trying to do it A thousand percent. A thousand percent. And there... That just needs to be like repeated 17 times like in in a (laughs) row because – but I also think that there's an important concept here as well and I would love your thoughts on it as well because I feel like another very dangerous undertow of entrepreneurship is this um, romanticism that once I get it, I keep it or once I'm in alignment, it stays or once I design the model, that's the model or when I design the offer, that's the offer and Mm-hmm. In entrepreneurship, whether you want to call it what it is or not, that's a trauma response. Trying to create the illusion of safety, safety, and totally. make something predictable that, by its nature, is impossible and unpredictable and guaranteed to change every day. And mm-hmm. so, you know, earlier and and the, throughout the the entire podcast, we've talked about this kind of relationship with self, relationship with self, and even a minute ago, when answering that question. You said it, and I think this is really powerful and just a testament to the practices you do every day, but you're like, is this action in alignment with my vision or is this somebody else's? And when you say that, I want everybody to hear that because you can't ask that question when you're operating in the container. You can't ask that question when you're writing emails or when you're on social or when you're on team calls, like that question requires intentional space with yourself to check that alignment. And totally. so I, yeah, I just, I would love your thoughts on that as well, because I, I when we speak about alignment, right, I, I think for me, I had a very unhealthy relationship with it because I was like, oh, that offers up, it'll be there forever. And knowing, like consciously, logically knowing that that yeah. is not how the game works, but having so totally. much subconscious trauma around it and unwillingness to look at it, that I would believe it to be true, but then I would be upset when it stopped working and then I was reactive again, but let's just call it what it is. I was addicted to chaos and I felt more comfortable in it. So we got rid of that one, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I, and I think to, to lead you a little bit more is like, you know, I know people, they, they love vision boards. They love goal sheets. They love those things. And, and I don't have any of them. Um, Same. And, you know, for me, reason being is that for years I realized that some people function very well that way. My wife does all the time. But for me, Mm -hmm. when I put the vision on paper, what I wanted, it created more overwhelm for me and pressure than I wanted. And so instead I asked myself like, well, how would that man be? Right? Like, how would he be living? How would he be speaking? And I'm like, oh, I want to measure myself there. Like, was I this way? Was I that way? And I found that that allows me to iterate. And most of the things I've achieved in my life are things that I never would have thought would bet on my vision board, but because I wasn't attached and I was just committed totally. to the input and the, and the showing yeah. up every day, they came there. And so, yeah, I kind of love your thoughts on like alignment. Like how do I even get into alignment or even better? Cause we said this earlier, 
how do I even start as an entrepreneur asking myself, what do I want? Because most of the time I'm running somebody else's model or vision or the dream of my business or my coach said I could make a million a year or they said I could be doing this. Totally. Where do I even start dreaming, Sam? Yeah. You know, okay. So this, I'm going to share a story real quick. Last summer, I took a lot of time off. Okay. And I took a good, I would say four months off. I didn't, I, I did not work. I just worked a lot less and had a lot of free time to myself. And, you know, when the summer came, it was this time where I said to myself, I, I'm, I'm tired. I've been working hard for many years and I might take the one week vacation here, the one week here, but that's not what I need right now. Like I need some real downtime. Yep. And so I took it and it was the greatest four months ever. It was so joyful and so fun. And ultimately what it was, was me reestablishing my relationship with money. Mm. Because in this online space, and I know you see it all the time, <laughs> there's so many coaches yep. that are selling the million, you know, seven figure business in one year, the, you oh, know, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, your first six figure launch in six weeks. And there's a lot of that going on. And there's a lot of just even reading. It's just so silly to me sometimes when I read somebody's bio on Instagram and it's like, you have, I don't know, 80 characters and you put in your bio that like <laughs> you're a seven figure earner or you have, you know, like as though the money is the only important thing for us to achieve. And so this is why we have such a hard time figuring out what those first steps are or what getting into alignment means because we're so inundated with the money story and the attachment to the money. And that was definitely the case for me. I was so caught up in like having to hit the numbers and then every year you have to scale and and oh yeah. What you mean business doesn't just keep going up and up and up? Yeah. Right? And so when I took 4 months off and took this downtime and actually had to sit with this discomfort of knowing I'm not actively trying to grow my business right now and there's a good chance that we're going to take a big dip. Yep. And I don't care because I had to really reassess like i'm trying to grow this business to hit these big numbers but at the same time i'm trying to do that so that i can enjoy the time off and the summer but yet i'm not doing that so i had to take that time yep. for myself so that i could really dive into some of these questions and and ultimately it was interesting because it got me to this point where it was like is my goal actually to make multiple seven mm-hmm. figures? Mm-hmm. Or is it just that I really maybe need a, a you know multi six figures, half a million, 750k, whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah. You know, maybe I maybe I just need that so that I could live this life of more ease and more time off and more freedom and more flexibility because Maybe that's what I've been. I'm really. That's what it really am going after. That's what I'm really trying to chase. Yep. But in my head, it really just became this like really big money story. So, so I think that that's why we have such a hard time 
trying to get into alignment is because, yeah, we're so, we skip all these fundamental steps of like building a healthy business. Like you can't get to multiple six figures or seven figures until you've built these foundational elements and like no lead generation, know how to do sales and have systems in place. It's all the unsexy stuff that people don't care about. And then we just focus on the money and then all this time goes by and we're burnt out and we're exhausted. And then we start to get into imposter syndrome and we doubt our capabilities and we suck. And yep. Yep. It's just this whole unraveling, and I can keep going. I think I think it's great. And I, I think it reminds me and everybody listening of like a very, very just important thing to remember. And like I was I was kind of like laughing in my brain when you were talking, Sam, because I was thinking like, how would we summarize this entire episode and let somebody realize that there's like a hundred million dollars of value, but what we just keep saying, is that the more time you're willing to sit in integrity with yourself and ask yourself the questions to ensure that your house is in order is the guaranteed path that leads to clarity, that leads to ease, that leads to a clear next step, that leads to the awarenesses of things to work on. Like it leads to all of these places. And and I want to say this because this is so powerful because everything that Sam just alluded to with the story or the narrative, whether it's a money narrative or a, I'm not good enough narrative, or I can't live up to my parents' narrative or whatever, all that we must recognize is that if there's any narrative happening, it's not ours. And if that's happening, nothing we do underneath it will be in alignment, will fill our bucket, will give us confidence, will help us be excited about what we're doing. And the core, core step here is really investing in you. What do you want? What makes you happy? What do you actually need? Now, here's the thing. I'm all for you making $10 million a year, $20 million a year, $50 million a year. Totally. But what you have to understand is that in order to make that money and have it stick, you have to do this work first or else that becomes a new trauma story and narrative to where you thought that by making the 10 million, it would fix the problems. Totally. The only challenge that you're going to run into and take my advice on this one so you don't learn it this way is that when you scale your revenue with holes in the bucket, all mm-hmm. you do is increasingly scale the size of those holes and the amount totally. of work required to close them. And yeah. I had an incredible author on the podcast and there's a book. I don't know if you've read it, but you'll love it. It's called The Little Book of Clarity by Jamie Smart. And I just had him on the show and Amazing. it's about toxic thinking. I'll start this when, I'll do this when, I'll have this right. when, right? I'll start yeah. on Monday. And I think Sam, so powerfully what you've eloquent, eloquently said so many times is that that time never comes, it's now. Mm-hmm. And the actions and behaviors that you choose to take today from a place of intention and awareness are the things that will bring those into reality. But you have to be willing to ask a question deeper because having a goal of like, oh, I want to make eight, $8 million a year, but there's no reason underneath it will never come to fruition because you nailed totally. it. And I have people come to me all the time. I want $3 million a year. I make two tweaks in their business. They're still doing a million dollars a year, but they live a lifestyle double of what they thought was ever possible but we just yes. had to bring it into clarity of what was there. And so yeah. I'm going to summarize that 
um, the only true path to achieving any level of success that you want, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in your finances, whether it's in your business, whether it's in your well-being, whether it's in your buckets, only has a chance of success if the first thing you do is willing to sit down and take an inventory of where you are and then give yourself permission to dream and identify where it is that you want to go. And that creates the points where you start building a bridge, but it requires you and you and you and you. And so, Sam, I want to wrap this with a little bow with a couple like quick questions. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If you could make one book recommendation that you love that's helped shift your paradigm or your beliefs or anything about what we've talked about or anything else, what would like your one book recommendation be? That is so fucking hard. You can give three. I'll change the rules. <laughs> um, man, there's that book that's coming to mind. It's that little blue book by Marianne Williamson. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The Law of Divine. The Law of Divine Compensation. Yep. I think I that. Think I think that's, that's what it. it might be called. Yep. Yeah. I think. I think that's what it's called. Um, and the Power of Now mm, by Eckhart. Well, Eckhart. Tolle. Yep. I'll take yeah. it. Those two. I'm I love going, it. Going with two. I'm going with two. I love it. I'm gonna throw one in the. I'm gonna throw <laughs> okay. one in the ringer, um, because based on the conversation, I just want to get the author's name right. Um, but based on the conversation today, and even how we led in um, to you getting fired. Um, I'm going to recommend everybody read the book Quit by Annie Duke. And mm. um, I just helped a, a, a personal client navigate this at scale. And one of the most powerful takeaways from this book is that, uh, and I want you to think about this in the lens of not quitting your job or quitting your business, quitting the things that are no longer in alignment for you, right? Whether totally. that's behaviors yep. or actions or relationships, but what she says is she basically summarizes it down and said, um, by the time you realize it's time to quit, it's too late. And mm -hmm. she unpacks this in like a very beautiful form. And I think it, 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 it lends a lot of credibility and support to a lot of the things that we talked about today that For I think sure. would help people navigate it. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So next question. If I said that for the rest of your life, you could only have one practice every single day, what practice would you keep? Breath work. Breath work. Why? Yeah. It is how I connect to God, yep. to the universe, the ethers. Yep. Yeah. And it is a blissful experience. Do you have a preferred flavor of daily breath work? Um, not really. I think okay. it's just what I feel what I feel called to. Um, I love it. Sometimes it's just a fifteen minutes, right? Yeah. Sometimes maybe it's five. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's more like energizing and a little bit more intense, and during the day, or yep. maybe it's like a few minutes before bed. But either way, it's just connecting to my breath. Sweet. And I'm going to ask you a leading question. Do you think there's any way that if anybody listening to this added an intentional five minutes of breath practice to their day every day, that it would have anything but a positive impact? I think you know the answer, everybody. I know. And I'm being <laughs> facetious for everybody listening since one of my daily requirements for my people is having a breath work practice. Um, yeah, I love it. And a stillness yeah. practice. And so I love it. And so um, before we get any further, I have one last question to kind of wrap with. 
Um, but I want everybody to kind of know where to find you. And we talked a lot about like your holistic business, right? I believe it's like holisticwellness.ca. Um, Mm -hmm. but I want everybody to have your Instagram. I want them. You have my permission to slide into Sam's DMs, even though you need her (laughs) husband's, not mine. But where is the best place for people to, to dive in, to, to find more about you, to connect with you, to share stories of things for today? Like, where does everybody find you? Absolutely. You can connect with me on Instagram at Samantha underscore Gladish. Samantha underscore Gladish. So, uh, it's S A M A N T H A underscore Gladish. Yep. G-L-A-D-I-S-H. Correct. Perfecto. So now we'll have that. So then uh, you get to back clean up here. And uh, I have one final question to wrap today's show. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll have many more conversations in the future and we'll probably end up with another podcast. So <laughs> I want you to envision that everybody listening to this episode just got men in black with the memory flashy thing and they forgot everything that we talked about. But in <laughs> this moment you have the ability to tattoo wisdom on their soul that they will take with them for the rest of their life. What would your tattoo wisdom be, Sam? My tattoo wisdom. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Yeah. Tune in. Get quiet. Tune in. I love it. I love Mm. it. Well, (laughs) I think that's where we should land the plane for today. Tune in. And that is such a perfect bow for everything that we talked about find space for yourself, have a stillness practice, explore integrously what you want, give yourself permission to dream, have an awareness of what's showing up, find clarity to lean into your support system, understand that the only way to eradicate imposter syndrome is to take action, which will build your confidence, understand that this is your vision in your life and nobody else's, and that you have a team of people and people like Sam and me that will support you and that you can leverage the power of community and you can be authentic and you can live in your zone of genius and you can share your truth and you can be authentic and you can be vulnerable and you can be human. And it's okay to know that no matter what level of success, no matter what level of business, no matter what level of work that you've done on your life, that we are all the same, that I have the thoughts, that Sam has the thoughts. And what it boils down to is how we support each other in acknowledging those, but holding each other accountable to taking that imperfect action that will make all of our lives better. And I think that that was such a beautiful podcast. And Sam, uh, thank you for letting me talk so much. I, I get excited when I talk to people that I'm like, no, 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 I want to hear your thoughts on my thoughts. Now I want to hear your thoughts on my thoughts again. <laughs> like, give me more of your thoughts on my thoughts. And so thanks for bantering with me. Thanks for I love it. being on the show. Thanks for sharing time and, and the gift of your presence with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Of course. And so for everybody listening, um, this is my forced recommendation, i.e. don't listen to this podcast if you're not going to go check out Sam on Instagram. Come on. You know the game. It's Samantha underscore Gladish on Instagram. And for everything else, I'm sure I have something in the outro. I'm sure I forgot something. I'm sure the team is going to tell me later that I forgot something. And I'm completely okay with that because I feel an integrity. So that's how we're going to wrap today's show. So remember that relationships will always beat algorithms, especially the one with yourself. I will either see you in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, we're out and it's time for that outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. 
Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.